Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Listening to the Arsenal Fan Show on Love Sports Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, joined in the studio with Gunners Town, Chris Howard, and Dave Seagull. We've got your team covered with Churchill Business Insurance coming up on tonight's show. So much to talk about. Obviously, that narrow victory against West Ham, but Arsenal getting the three points. Three points in which means three games on the bounce that Arsenal have won in the Premier League. The first time they have done that in 12 months. We're also going to be looking a little bit about last week's win against Portsmouth because they are in the uh, quarterfinals of the FA Cup now where Arsenal will face Sheffield United. We'll be talking about that one. Players, how they performed Arteta's press conference today and that crucial clash with uh, Arteta's old team, Man City, on Wednesday and then a little look towards Burnley on the weekend. But it was West Ham. It was our London rivals who don't have the greatest of records against us of late. David Moyes struggling to get points against Arsenal when he has been the away travelling manager. We finally got there. We wasn't sure if we would get there with VAR. It was a hoo-ha or so for five minutes, Chris, but we did get the three points. What did you make of it? Well, it's about time that VAR actually did us a favour for a change, wasn't it? So... Well, you say favour, I mean, it, it was, was right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, the VAR didn't absolutely screw us over. Yeah. Done um, its job. <laughs> yeah, it actually did its job. And in an, in an environment and situation where everyone's saying that's the correct application of VAR. It's not, all right, we had to wait around for ages for the actual decision to be made, but it's not, well, that's a wrong decision or, well, that's a subjective decision that could go either way or why hasn't he looked at this? It was, they gave the offside, they had a quick check, it's onside, goal, brilliant, move on. But, wish I wish it had been a quick check. Oh, yeah. It, <laughs> Four it was, minutes, wasn't it? That was a slog, wasn't it? Oh, unbelievable. But, but not just that, the entire game felt a bit of a slog, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it wasn't great. No, West Ham, I mean, to be fair, West Ham played well and I think they would probably feel a little bit aggrieved, <laughs> not that I care, to leave with uh, with nothing from that game. They certainly carved us open on a few occasions and we had uh, Leno to thank, you know, on more than one occasion, actually. But they don't score, I mean, what I've noticed, and my brother's a West Ham fan, so we talk about this, they don't score enough goals. They They, they squander a lot of chances. You could see that. Uh, Haller, you know, Antonio's a good player, a strong player. You know, he's he's a hard-running player, but you know, he missed a couple of really good chances. Leno made a really good save in the second half, but he missed a, a hatful of chances. Who's the lad they signed from Hull? Uh, Jared Bowen. Yeah, best player Decent. in there too. Yeah. Look really good. Looks yeah. comfort, com- can see why he's been getting rave reviews since he came on against, uh, was it Everton away? I'll come here at Liverpool When they scored away. his no, debut as well, right, yeah, didn't yeah. he? Mm. Yeah, no, he looked very, very tasty. He was, he was at the centre of everything they did that was good. Yeah, he's, he's given them a much-needed dimension in their battle to stay in the Premier League. They are in a relegation fight, but they set up, obviously, loads of men behind the ball, was looking to counter and uh, break away and have chances. They did have some success, but as Dave mentioned there, Leno keeping Arsenal in it at times, there was a little bit of a worry, wasn't there, Chris, throughout the game? Yeah, I mean, they hit the post within about, what, like a minute, a minute and a half? So that was a, that was a, an early warning sign, but 
I think what's interesting for me is when Arteta was talking post-match, he talked once again about, well, you've got this team that's coming out playing us with a low block. And it should be obvious that teams are going to do that at home now. So we need to find a solution for it because teams will keep doing that. You know, not every team are going to be like Man City or like Liverpool or like, you know, any of the top teams that will have a go at you. Most of them will say, we're playing away from home. We start with a draw and work our way from there. And they will start, more teams will play with that low block uh, at the Emirates. And some of them will play on their home territory as well. So Arteta needs to find a solution with that. And his name isn't Mesut Ozil. No. (laughs) Well, I think we may get to that. But Arteta did say the big teams find a way to win these kind of games, even when they're not the best. And that obviously proved so on the weekend, Dave. Yeah, no, it did. I mean, I think, yeah, we can say we were relieved, but... It, as you said at the outset, it is three, it is three wins on the bounce. We sort of we got all doom and gloom because of the Olympiacos result, but that is three victories in a row, albeit all all at home. So we've got two away games coming up now, which are huge. But what from what Chris was saying, we certainly won't be seeing the low block on Wednesday night. So, no. Um, but I thought that there were some there were some huge positives for me. I, I thought. Uh, I thought Mary looked good because, I mean, I was surprised that he was thrown in given that he'd only played against Pompey, you know, uh, to be thrown straight into the Premier League game in a London derby. But I thought he, he looked accomplished and he looked good on the ball. It's nice to have a left footer there. And I, again, I just have to say, for me, the man of the match was Danny Tobias. I just think he was just, he just moves the ball quickly, got better and better as the game went on. And just every time he got the ball, he looks forward and he just keeps that, he keeps the momentum. And as the momentum grew in the second half, I thought, I thought he was heavily involved. I really did. Yeah, I mean, my only concern is not Sabayos as an individual it's more Sabayos and Xhaka against any sort of team with you know strength and power and physicality running through the middle of of the park because as soon as we get turned those two I mean Sabayos to be fair to him in the last couple of games he's he's winning the odd tackle and things like that which Xhaka just doesn't really do um, not unless he's picking up a yellow card in the process but it feels to me like it could be worrying on Wednesday night if both Xhaka and Ceballos play in the middle of that park um, against Man City um, and the way that they'll move the ball around because, Mm. yeah, I mean, Ceballos has been good, but the opposition that we've played at home have tended to, again, play a bit Mm. deeper. So... That's, that's a slight worry. Well, let's talk a little bit about Danny Sabayas because obviously he did hit a, a little bit of a wall, Dave. He, he kind of faded away. We was really excited at the start of the season. That Newcastle game, the Burley game, you know, we, we'd landed a gem of a player, one that everyone wanted on loan from Real Madrid. Arteta has definitely gave him a new lease of life and he's he, he found something else in him. How excited should we be and can we be about what, what we can expect to see in, in the last home straight of the season from Ceballos? Well, I think now we, we, we know, I mean, he was selected ahead of ahead of Torreira in two games in the deepest line midfield role. I don't know whether we thought that was going to be the case for the end of the season. We now know it's probably going to have to be the case at the end of the season unless he... he, um Unless Tierney comes back in and, and Saka changes, so Shaka gets you know more of his old role back. But that was what caused Shaka the problems was being the deepest line midfield player. That's what caused all the problems at the beginning of the season mm. when he was booed off. And mm. so I, I think Sabios is more mobile. I, I think definitely. he's definitely created a little niche for himself with with Torreira out. That's probably going to be his job to the end of the season. I think it's a shame in some senses because. Going back to what we were saying about the plan against the low block against teams that are going to sort of hit us with two banks of four. Ozil isn't opening anyone up and we haven't got anyone else Smith Rose on loan you know we haven't really got unless we try one of the wide players in that role the only player who probably could have played that role was Ceballos 
and you might have seen Torreira and Shaka with Sabias in the Ozil role, mm. which I would have probably liked to see just to see how it worked, but I don't think we've got that option now. Didn't Arteta say right at the beginning, though, that he's not a number 10? Didn't he just dismiss it? I mean, whether or not he changes his mind, you know, he's, he's, he's certainly he's, he done said, that a I few times. Said, I but... think he said he's familiar with the player, he's watched him in Spain, he knew of him, but he couldn't. He hadn't decided what was his best position. Was mm. it wide? Was it, you know, was it 10? Was it? Yeah. But I think he's fallen upon something out of necessity perhaps what I I love the way what I love about Sabias is the way that he strokes the ball his finesse you know the passing that he does like it's just a caress every single time he, he sort of opens his body up and you just see him just stroke the ball to the next player it's just lovely it's curve so, on it a lovely yeah, curve a lovely on it curve round players on it. yeah it's a very very um, deft touch that he's got and that's quite exciting to watch and he there's always there's also a bit more energy you know he'll get the ball he will either move it with with the ball at his feet or he'll release it, but he tends to do it a little bit quicker as Much well. Quicker. And and that is a big thing. Because well, you don't it, win eighteen caps for Spain at that age if you're not a good player. No, you know you just don't. You know, exactly. Not in that position in Spain. Crikey, they've got enough good central midfield players over the years. Mm. So he I mean, must be. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't watch enough around Madrid to know where he played when he did play for around Madrid last year. But I think he was probably it. He would have been in the Shaka role or the Santi role alongside a Coquelin, I think. You know, that's where he would norm- nominally play, but we don't have that option. Mm. Not unless you risk Guendouzi as the deepest line player, which I don't want to see. Personally. No, no, I don't think many people want to see that, to be honest with you. I think Torreira news, he's out for eight weeks, isn't he? That was announced today. I think that's a big blow because I know what you were saying and Dave and I were WhatsApping each other earlier. Um, Torreira hasn't played because Sabias has played so well. I just get the feeling that Arteta would have done a little bit more rotation depending on the opposition. Because I think when you're playing the likes of Newcastle at home or West Ham at home, the teams are going to sit a little deeper. You want somebody with that, you know, get the ball, release the ball quickly. Um, and Sabayos seemed to fit that. I just got, the, I had the feeling that, you know, Wednesday night, Man City away is is a perfect for the likes of, of Lucas Torreira. So I think he's going to be a big miss for us actually yeah, the only the only option which we've discussed all of us on this show over the season is we've only we've only seen it once and it was Lundberg that tried it as whether he could play now Mari and Socrates coming back in or, or Mustafi coming in and play David Luiz as the deepest line midfield player but it'll be a huge risk to do it obviously on Wednesday night yeah um, yeah against uh, we know he can do it but yeah, against obviously Man City, not always the best uh, time to experiment with formations and lineups, especially when it is at the Etihad. Even though City have lost more league games than Arsenal this year, Pep up to seven now. That is the most for him ever in a league campaign. We are talking though Arsenal currently on an eight-game uh, unbeaten run in the Premier League, three wins on the bounce. How 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 vital is this uh, t- towards the end of the season when they are still trying for top four? And obviously we're talking of Arteta's impact, and it, it is for all to see because Arsenal are the only side uh, who are unbeaten domestically in 2020. Yeah, I think it's massive, and I think I've said a couple of times in the last few weeks I've talked at length about momentum, and I think. Arsenal, it feels like we're starting to build a bit of a momentum, which is why this rescheduling of the Man City game feels like a bit of a kick, actually, because I'm not really holding out much hope for that. But I'm almost in my mind, I was almost thinking, well, if that could just be pushed back to like late April or something like that, you know, let's let's get a a number of these victories under our belts. You know, if we'd have, you know, we beat West Ham on Saturday. If we weren't playing in midweek, as as was originally not fixtured, um, we would have played Brighton away next weekend. Oh, I would fancy, you know, three wins on the trot. The players will be confident. Then you go and you got Norwich at home. So all of a sudden, you could be looking at five wins in a row and a team that's played and won five times in a row versus a team that's again 
played two or three times and then lost in midweek. It's a, it just feels a little bit different to me. Mm, yeah, no, it is a, it is a, it is a toughie. Uh, I suppose you can call it a free hit, but I've got the feeling Arteta will, you know, pride and, and personal reputation are... are I think he'd love to get a draw out of that game. I don't mean I don't think we're going to beat them, but they no. weren't good yesterday. They were, they were not, not good. good. I was they, really they surprised. Didn't, they didn't create much against Man United. I mean, okay, Man United are a resurgent. Let's let's be honest. And Fernandez has made a huge difference to them. But nevertheless, Man City weren't fluent at all yesterday. Yeah, no De Bruyne and Leroy Sane, but obviously they weren't at their best. Their domestic race has been run, obviously, and they are concentrating on Real Madrid. So who knows what team they'll put out? And they are struggling a little bit. And at home this year, let's quickly talk about Lacazette, Dave. I know. We've, we've spoke about him at length on these shows, a big theme. Kind of now back in the goals, an important one, celebrated like it was huge, not just for the three points, his own personal jubilation. He has the la- and the last two as well. He has, you know, everything seems to be a massive deal for him right mm. now. What's nice uh, is that there doesn't seem to be any, he um, doesn't seem to be, you know, disgruntled that he's not playing. There's always a good, Oh, chemistry where, when, when Enketia comes off and mm. he comes on you know there does seem to be a great team morale there and uh, but he's obviously very very popular lad in the dressing room you can tell that the way the players react to, to you know to his relief and his celebration I think he'll probably start against Man City to be honest and I was going to say because there have been rumours today and yesterday about Lacazette saying uh, Atletico Madrid are coming back in the summer Arteta wouldn't wouldn't not mind losing him but he's one of the players that could go if we could recoup the money that we actually laid out for him it's a bit weird the timing of these rumours what do you make of them Dave? Well I think I think absolutely Arteta would let him go you know if he got the right money but only if he kept Aubameyang I don't think he'd want to see two senior pros go Mm. in the same window that would be I mean we've all got massively high hopes obviously for Martinelli and to a Probably lesser degree. I don't know about you, but Enketi, I still think you know he's he's got a Premier League career, whether it's Arsenal. But Martinelli, I think you know, yeah. you know, he's been rested a lot mm. recently. I, I'm looking forward to seeing him, his pace in the running. But no, like I said, on current form, I can't imagine why Atletico Madrid would be spending the money that we would want. What would you do with uh, Lacazette? Yeah, I'd, I'd want to keep him. Yeah, yeah. If we could, obviously, that doesn't always work out like that. I want to keep both of Bamiyan and Lacazette. I know this season hasn't been greatest, but I'm, I still, for me, love Lacazette. Fan favorite. I would love to keep him. I think you can never have enough strikers in your side when we are talking about uh, trying to attack and challenge and all. So everyone's saying they'd run. They'd like me still at Giroud right now, wouldn't mm. they? After the way he's been playing yeah. the last month. Well, Giroud, I think, is a little bit of a different case. Obviously, I, I do think Giroud was underrated, but Lacazette, for me, I'd, I'd love him to stay at the club. Giroud, the problem with Giroud was just that he was our number one choice, and he's always been a player that probably should have been number two. We should have had someone like Aubameyang as a number one and Giroud as a number two. And what that then happened is we had that bit of a crazy situation that we bought Lacazette and then six months later bought Aubameyang. And they've had trouble sort of fitting them in but Giroud feels like the right sort of player that would be a number two and, and the problem was with Arsenal is he was then dropped down to number three and that's why he then moved on so I would have kept Giroud personally I mean I'm not yeah. sure Lacazette's form has really tanked and he scored goals but some of the actual performances of late have Against not Olympiacos, been great I mean Olympiacos diabolical. was terrible yeah, it was bad. Let's let's stay on this because I want to talk about Martinelli, actually, you Dave brought up. And let's carry on the strikers and look a little bit at that right-back situation with Socrates starting at right-back in place of Bellerin. Love sports. 
You're listening to the Arsenal Fan Show on Love Sports Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. Joined in the studio with Gunners Tan, Chris Howell and Dave Seeger. We were just talking about that brilliant victory for Arsenal, which means free on the spin. What a time to be alive if you're a Gunners <laughs> fan. Feels so long since we've been able to say that. First time in a year. OTT. You know what? When you've waited a year. Thank you, Chris. When you've waited a year, February 2019 for three wins on the bands, I'm all over it. We've had to wait till March in this season. So, Dave, I'm embracing it. I'm enjoying it. But you did mention Martinelli there, and I did want to speak about that because obviously he's someone that's sort of... We're seeing him sort of step away from the first team in the last few games, and I'm actually quite happy about this. We know what a player is, but we saw Guendouzi last year hit a wall and really fade away, was playing every single game. It's nice that Martinelli has sort of just had this little step away. Would you agree, Dave? I would, actually, and I think I think Arteta would love to be able to do it with Saka as well, to be honest. I don't yeah. think, I don't think he Saka, tried, didn't Saka, he? Saka should, exactly, he should not yeah. be playing as much football as he is at that age. I mean, obviously, he's not going to complain, but it's not good. Um, so, no, yeah, you're right. I mean, I do think there's a plan for Martinelli, because certainly against Chelsea, he was he was playing. You know, he was playing, or he was first change, and and suddenly Enketia's come in, and you know he's so he, yeah he's obviously using Enketia to rest. You know, Lacazette a bit and try and get him some form and rest Martinelli. But as I said earlier, I hope Martinelli's influential in the running because I don't think I've seen anyone of that age, including Saka, just influence a game so much you know when he's injected into the game because he just everything nothing's a lost cause to Martinelli he chases everything down he's just such a bundle of enthusiasm and energy and he's just he just terrorises people even at that age do you think he's our next centre forward because everyone's talking about how he himself prefers to play out wide I know he said that when he came I haven't heard him interviewed on that recently I don't know whether he's changed that but I feel like he should be you know it feels like he he's the sort of player that pressing high from the uh, leading the line I, the question is as we were talking about um, I don't know if that was just off air a second ago but Aubameyang doesn't play centrally no, no. and Martinelli feels like you know when he's when he's been at his best it's been in that left forward position and actually Arteta places a lot of emphasis on that left forward position to, to move more centrally so the type of player that plays in that central striking role it's not really a glorious position it's a lot of you know, there's a lot of tracking back. There's a yeah. lot of link up. There's well, a bit well, of link up Alexis did it for four and, years. You know, mm. yeah. But I don't know whether. I, I just think it's going to be so fascinating to see what happens when Tierney's fit, mm. because at the moment you've got this sort of lopsided sort of formation with Saka basically d- like, unable to do whatever he wants because Saka's going to cover, and that means Aubameyang's pushed closer to either Enketi or Lacazette. So he's not. He's, he's done a bit of tracking back from that left inside forward, whoever plays there. But because Saka's given this completely free reign, it's almost like we don't know what it's going to look like when we've got a normal left back there. And suddenly mm. that role's going to look very different because at the moment there's no width there and that doesn't matter because Aubameyang's able to drift in because Saka's using all the width. And, you know, Tierney, we didn't see him for long enough. We know he's great going forward, but he's definitely more of a defender than Saka. So it'll be fascinating to see what happens when Tierney's fit, yeah, which, is, which is going to be next week I would imagine against Brian yeah very hopefully we will see him obviously start in training he's now allowed to uh, have contact in training just on Martinelli though there has been some news Chris could be called up to the Olympics to represent Brazil which means he could miss part of uh, the start of next season what do you make of this well if we lose Aubameyang as well in the summer then it makes it even worse doesn't it I mean I, I suspect that they will have to go out for a centre forward or certainly a player for one of the wide positions in the summer Martinelli does that mean that he loses a bit of ground probably not because he's shown his quality this season I think we just have to deal with it it's one of those things that you just 
we all know that this stuff happens. You know, it's been happening for years with the African Cup of Nations. It's been happening with some players for the Olympics. You know, we we end up having uh, Arsenal have always when you've got to World Cups and Euros as well, Arsenal have always historically tended to give players a little bit more time off anyway. So we're kind of used to seeing that at the start of the season. It is the first few weeks being a little bit bumpy. I think I think Brazil are a bit weird in that they take it so seriously. Hugely. I mean, Neymar has said to PSG, I want to be released to play in the Olympics. I mean, how crazy is that? I mean, how old's Neymar now? What, 26? Mm. And he still wants mm. to play in the Olympics. I mean, I think you're allowed, what, three over age players? Yeah. So, you know, Neymar wants to be one. They're talking about Jesus, and I'm assuming Jesus will play ahead of you know, Martinelli. I'm sure they want Martinelli, but if some of these senior players want to play, maybe he won't have to go. <laughs> let's, yeah. hope, let's hope Neymar well, gets his get... way. He normally does. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, Arsenal obviously would prefer him not to go, but uh, like you said, for Brazilians, the port of the Olympics is too strong. Let's talk about uh, Bellerin now, because obviously David Ornstein has reported that actually Bellerin suffered a groin tear. That's why he, uh, he, he's he been in and out of the lineup. How much of this in- injury have you two heard? And is this still plaguing him from his previous injury and and what we're seeing with really holding can't get in uh, back to full match fitness well that's the problem isn't it we, you know injuries long-term injuries like Bellerin had with his it was cruciate wasn't it um, injury last season you then get all the niggles and and the problems when you're you've, you you know the density of your muscle structure has all changed as you're coming back to fitness and stuff so I can kind of understand why these had some I can I can understand why he's had some of these issues I think Arteta's been really unlucky with the fact that we don't seem to have had any fully functioning full fit sort of fullbacks on both sides essentially since he arrived but no one knows what Ainsley Maitland-Niles has done wrong we just had to assume it's attitude mm. in training because he's certainly he's one of the players that the club seem to have leaked that he he's available in the summer well we say um, attitude in training but Guendouzi was the one with, yeah. yeah with the one with the bad attitude and he's actually still getting game time do we think that he's just not in favour Dave at all because it's a really strange one isn't it well it seems to be and when he has come on and he has come on quite a few times. He's been on the right wing or the right or in the right of midfield. You know, he's mm. not really come on as fullback. So he obviously just doesn't want to see him there. But he's not giving him a chance in central midfield where he presumably would like to play. So he did kind of hint at it though, didn't he? Because he brought him on after the at the end of the Portsmouth mm. game, and then he was asked. I think it was James Benj actually that asked him about Maitland Niles, and he sort of said. Yeah, well, he's just got to show me that he's got to keep working hard and he's got to show me that he wants it as much as the other players, mm. which he's done to a few players this season, even since he's arrived, Arteta. So I think it is an attitude problem. I think Maitland-Niles is done, to be honest with you. How much are we liking or not enjoying the way Arteta refreshingly speaks about his players? Because there's a way where you can definitely tell he's a disciplinarian, you know, what I say goes. And if you're not in favour, this is what I want you to do. You know, I want you to apply yourself in more areas. But it's definitely the, the non-Jose Mourinho way. You just brutally toss you out. It's always constructive and, yeah. he, and he's softly spoken. He, ne- he never seems to be speaking in anger. So, no, I don't think there's an issue there. I, I mean, what, what Mourinho did Today with Ndombele is ridiculous man management, you know, and I can't believe that that's been with Levy's approval because that's a that's a seventy million pound player. It's just become, record a, become a thirty five million pound player with his own manager saying his his attitude stinks. You know, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, you know? I mean, really poor. But no, I think with Bellerin, I didn't know about the coin strain, Charlie. To be fair, and if that's if that's fair enough, Socrates did a job. Obviously, unfortunately, you know, defensively he'll do a job. He, he doesn't offer much going forward apart from that brilliant volley he scored the other week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, width-wise, he doesn't offer a lot going forward and it puts a lot of pressure on on Pepe, who... He's completely who, isolated, who, isn't he? And also has been completely poor. 
Yeah, and what doesn't help is that Ozil then drifts over because you've not got Sogradas driving um, on that right-hand side. You've got Ozil that then drifts into the position. They kind of just negate each other. And so you're almost a bit like, well, Pepe is, is, is... you're, you're taking Ozil te- drifts into positions where Pepe is, and he, he, you know, he's a runner. He wants to, he wants to get the ball. He wants to run him behind, and Ozil's not then delivering I, balls in I behind. I wish he did want to run him behind, Chris, because he just yeah. doesn't. He just cuts inside every single time. And I tell you what, I could be a non-league left back and work out how to play Pepe. It's yeah. getting to the point where it's ridiculous. He's cutting inside every single time. Mm. First five minutes against Olympiacos, Aubameyang started on the right and Pepe on the left. I thought, great, we're going to see some switching. We're going to see Pepe actually be able to beat a full-back on the left. I don't understand why he's not trying it. I know the inverted wingers are, are the flavour of the month, but honestly, Pepe driving me mad. Mm. It's I, weird I would, that your I, seats as well. Your no, no, seats yeah, well, are right that, in front no, of I it. See, I literally, I see it. He's four metres away from me. It's so frustrating. And, I, and he just... Sometimes you just got to do a Perry Groves, as Reese Nelson showed you. Kick the ball past the fullback and run past them because you're quicker than them. Pepe, you're quicker than the fullback. You did it in the first couple of games. You get a nutmeg, you ran around a player. Why have you stopped doing it? It's like Walcott did it for the first two years of his career, never did it again. You think, what is wrong with you? You don't have to do a trick if you don't need to do a trick. Confidence? I don't know. But I tell you what, I wouldn't be at all surprised if he doesn't play on Wednesday. And it's interesting you mentioned that. Why hasn't no one then kind of pulled Pepe aside and said, look, a little bit of this, a little bit of that? Why hasn't no one, you know, mentioned what we're currently talking about? I have sent my CV in, Charlie. But yeah, it's strange. Actually. Very, very strange. <laughs> We've actually had a WhatsApp into the studio. We really appreciate that. Saying Ainsley Maitland-Niles has been amazing at right back. We've spoken about his attitude in training. However, players that have been good in training and have been given playing time haven't been amazing, i.e. Eddie Nelson, Ozil. They have been poor for quite some time. Yeah, but what we've just talked about is... Nelson's Arteta's... been injured for months and yeah. he played one game and he was brilliant. What, what, I don't understand that. Yeah, I mean, what I, would, what I would say is we don't know what's going on on the training ground and we know that there has been hints from Arteta about Maitland-Niles and, in fact, even before that, you know, I think even Wenger made comments years ago about Maitland-Niles and his, and his, his attitude... In, in an Arsene Wenger sort of way where, you know, it's never ever really, you know, chastising the player. So we've known that that's existed. And I think, as we were talking about from the disciplinarian side, I think Arteta is just stamping his mark. And he's got to do that this season because those players that do remain at the club next season will know he's not to be trifled with. And we know we've got a number of centre-halves, obviously, uh, at our disposal next season. 72, I think. <laughs> yeah. So Kalatis has actually come out this week and saying it's, it's, it, it doesn't matter about uh, if he's playing. It's about if he's loved at the club. He wants to be where someone. It's not about the money for him. He wants to be where he is loved. Is that kind of... He knows that maybe next year he might not be the number one and two and, and maybe he's the one that could be on the way, Dave. I don't think there's any doubt that I mean that, that he could be on his way. Um, I think that list that Sammy Mogbell wrote in the Sun is, from what I've heard, pretty much accurate, including Guendouzi. There are certain players that Arteta's happy. You know, not, can you not just? Gonna, I haven't seen that. Can you just go, go uh, through the Mustafi, names? Mustafi Sogradis, as you would say, um, <laughs> Maitland Niles and Guendouzi were four uh, that I remember. Yeah, and Guendouzi would cat would cat. We could cash in on Guendouzi if that's what Arteta chooses. I think 
it, a lot will depend um, on Chambers and, and, and Holding in the summer, won't it? I mean, it, as you've hinted at, Holding has struggled since he's been back. Chambers has now got the same injury, so we don't know. You know, Obviously, some players recover quicker than others. I remember bloody Sanya came back from two broken legs in a season. I mean, Unbelievable. Some, some players do. Um, and, and like Welbeck, you know, he, he hit the ground running when he, every time he comes back from injury, he does and just gets injured again, unfortunately. But So there are players who, who are quick healers. I think... I think a lot will depend on how Mari plays for the next few months. Early signs are good. We've got obviously we can. I think we've got a pretty low price that we can buy him for in the summer mm. if we like him. Five million. Yeah. Yeah. So we got Saliba coming in. We've got Mari, who's a left-sided player. Luis, they're very much coming to his own. He's still got a couple of years left. So I think Mustafi and uh, and Sagrades would definitely be surplus to requirements. Yeah. Let's quickly uh, after the break talk about Pablo Mari. It may be two games, but I've decided he's the best defender that's ever played the game. <laughs> two clean sheets. What more can you ask for? We're going to be talking about him next. Love Sports. You're listening to the Arsenal Fan Show on Love Sports Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. Joined in the studio with Gunners Tan, Chris Howard and Dave Seeger talking everything about that game with West Ham. We will be looking towards the City game and the Brighton game on the weekend. Two games in quick-fire succession for the Gunners. But we are just going to quickly talk about probably the greatest defender who's ever played the game of football. It is the GOAT. He is at Arsenal. It, it may be two games, but it's two clean sheets. And facts can only speak 100%. for themselves, Chris. 100% record. Some would say FA Cup League One but I would say two games two clean sheets I mean he looks just a tower of strength what I like Vocal about him genius I say what I like about it but then I'm going to leave it to you and Dave <laughs> to wax lyrical mainly Dave you by the sound waxing. of it no, Dave, was, Dave was tweeting I was on his he, social media after match of the day he's got a good pass distribution hasn't he he's got he, he, the way he sort of Excellent, knocks the ball around he's good. very very good a small sample size come on okay. small sample size but Up yeah Meccano, never heard of him <laughs> yeah. he's, he's very good I mean he he did miss that. Um, he did. Michael Antonio got through, didn't he? He missed that sort of uh, that slide tackle. It was not really a slide tackle, but trying to block the ball as uh, as the ball went wide, and then didn't Antonio just dragged Antonio just dragged the ball behind Haller um, quite early on in the first half. But I think that aside, yeah, he looked assured. You know, this apparently um, he's he's still getting back to fitness, isn't he? Because you know. Um, uh, the, the Brazilian league finished mm. and it was in pre-season. He's, good so. in, he's very good in the air as well. Very good in the air. Yeah, well, he's Excellent about 12 foot tall as well, yeah. so that helps. He's I tall, just, he's I just, think, I, just think it's, I just think it's nice to have a, a more natural balance of a left foot on the left. I know G- our, our, our colleague Giles has been on about this for years and I tend to agree. I mean, you know, La- Louise is comfortable on the left, but he's not left footer. And uh, yeah, no, I think it looked, uh, it looked very relaxed, very accomplished, very composed. And I, I, I don't think you can understate how difficult it is to come into the pace of the Premier League with only like an under-23 game and a game against League One opposition. When you've been you know. playing in the Brazilian League as well. Yeah. yeah. And that said, we we said we did say this at the end of two years ago about Mavropanos. He was also the best centre-back that we'd ever played mm. for Arsenal as well after a couple of games. I remember, yeah. <laughs> but no, let, I probably no, said that as well. Early signs, you would have definitely done. <laughs> early signs are very, very positive. Very they positive. are very positive. Can I tell you something ridiculous? I saw Skil- the first game that Skilacci, Skilacci played. No, you I didn't. No myself, one done that. The, the first home game, I can't I remember what it was. <laughs> I watched him and I thought, oh, he's not amazing, but he looks all right. And a bit of a bargain. That'll do. And then after about five games, it's like, 
No. You said that about Igor no. Stefanov as well. Yeah, yeah, No, definitely. I did not. I'm not having that. Not Rami for a Shaban in goal. He looks fantastic. Uh, just on, obviously, Pablo Mari, though. I mean, something that uh, maybe does go under the uh, radar, Arteta said, yeah, he's brilliant on the ball. He's off ball. He's tall. He can tackle. He's very dominant in the air. But if you were watching, obviously, the West Ham game on the weekend, he said he's very vocal. He's already barking out orders. You know, he said he's they're still his new teammates. He's only played two games. But Problem he is, now I can understand what he's saying. Yeah. <laughs> but he already felt assured that he can do that and maybe we've been missing that a little bit from a, a veteran standpoint as well yeah I think I would counter that to say that David Luiz is a very vocal mm. player as well so we kind of have that the two of them potentially maybe that is a uh, the pairing for the rest of the season maybe that's what Arteta is looking at I'm not sure how I'm not sure whether Mari will play against Man City on Wednesday but the more I think about that, you know, the centre-half position, it's not like a full-back position where, you know, if you're just coming back to fitness, you can really tell. Or like a centre-midfielder well, or a I mean, Mustafi's still doubtful for Wednesday. He's going to have a late fitness test. So if he's not fully fit, I think, and, and also if Bellerin isn't, then... I don't think we'll see a change. I think it will be Mari and Louise, unless Mustafi is fully fit. Because he was playing well. Let's face it, Mustafi was playing well before he got injured. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm just trying to think about that team for... Wednesday and how he changes it because if Bellerin is still suffering a bit of a knock, then does that mean that he just doesn't risk it? But you can't have well, one interesting, so- one inter- you can't have Sogardis up against well, one, no, but one interesting thing, well, no, but what he did do in the last 10 minutes against West Ham is he went to a three, didn't he? Yeah, which he could do, he could play because uh, Sogardis, mm-hmm. you know, Louise and um, Mari, and then have a you know, it, it, and a it wing was back quite, situation. Yeah. It was quite interesting. I don't know if you saw Arteta's press conference today, and it only takes anything. Some of us to, work for a living, Charlie. yeah. <laughs> uh, it only takes uh, obviously one, one or two performances to get me excited. But this was just a press conference, and Arteta did say, obviously, he said, "I know how they uh, they play. I know how they like to set up. I know how they will attack the game. So we will be ready for that." And I just thought, "Yeah, we're going to win uh, on Wednesday." <laughs> just on that, because he knows, Chris. He there's knows. knowing, and then there's knowing the and quality, there's tools, and then there's the tools executing, to do something about it. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Do we know how fit some of the City players are? Like, is De Bruyne out definitely? De Bruyne or? and Sane are uh, rumoured to be back on Wednesday. What a surprise. I didn't even know Sane had been back this season. Has he been back already? Has he? Not sure. Uh, I didn't know he played since he got injured at the Charity Shield, has he? Or Community Shield, has he? Played? No, he's, he, he's had a, a, a few games oh, at minutes. He? He's not been involved massively, but it is Wednesday, obviously, that it, it, he's saying he could be back and probably get two hat-tricks. Who knows? It it'll, be be Sterling, <laughs> it'll be Sterling, Bernardo Silva, I reckon, against us. Well, that's how heavily they, they can rotate. Obviously, such a tricky one. Two games, though, but they come in quick succession, Chris, and they obviously are important. Let's quickly talk about it. Just go back a little bit now, because obviously last time I spoke to you both was Monday night, and we went on to beat Portsmouth, and now we have actually... Uh, we've been drawn against Sheffield United away in the quarterfinal. Arsenal revealing today that clash will be on a Sunday, our first time we've played, will have played on a weekend this season in the FA Cup. We go away to Bramall Lane. We have some history. Obviously, David Seaman's fantastic save. On the draw, and considering the teams that are in here, this is quite a favourable draw, would you say? I know the way Sheffield United are playing this year, but when you look at them, I'm quite happy with this draw, Chris. Yeah, it could have been a lot worse. I mean, yeah, it could have been a United away or a City away or anything like that. It's got to be the strongest quarter final lineup. You, in modern times. You I don't you think you've thought. had eight Premier League sides for ages. You would have thought, and so we're the outside bet, really, from, yeah. from a lot of the teams in it. But Sheffield United, yes, you'd have to say 
you'd fancy our chance more than that. I keep looking at Sheffield United and thinking, well, they're going deep in this sort of competition. They're doing well in the in the. Yeah, when league. are they going to implode? When, yeah, when's that? When's that going to happen? When is you know injuries going to kick in and and their squad gets tested? But it doesn't seem to have. That's the same with Wolves. Wolves played a lot of football this season and they just keep churning out results. So, they have got a bigger squad than Sheffield United, though. Crikey. True, absolutely yeah. true. But Sheffield United, the worry is that. Well, it's not really a worry, actually. I was just saying that, you know, the defeat there at Bramall Lane, but we were just terrible. I, mm. I didn't actually think Sheffield United were that great. They didn't have to be that impressive. We were talking us. just before the game, weren't we? I remember it was a yeah. Monday night game. Yeah, you rang me. I was up there. Yeah, I, yeah. I do remember such a long time ago. We've, all three of us have chosen to eradicate. I just hope from... it's not Mike Dean that actually referees it. Because we've had mm. the Sheffield United game in the league away with Mike Dean uh, denying uh, us a penalty within the first few minutes. We've had the Sheffield United game at home with Mike Dean denying us a penalty. Can we just not have any more Mike Dean, please? Well, we've had Full a... stop. I don't think we're the only team saying that. <laughs> we've had another WhatsApp into the studio and this one... this. Absolutely kills me. Pablo Mari, very slow for me. Antonio had his number, lunged at the ball when he was uh, the second last man, when Louise was marking Sebastian Haller. Luckily, it wasn't a goal for Arsenal. Pace is critical in the Premier League. He doesn't have it. He is a victim. Your rebuttal, Charlie, because this is clearly affecting you. <laughs> Some, someone has done this on purpose to wind me up, and I, I simply am not having it. Uh, unmask yourself, Spurs fan, because this cannot be true about Pablo Mari, Dave, can it? <laughs> well, I mean, pace is important in the Premier League. Who but, said who? Peter Mertesacker is a legend. But positioning <laughs> is as important, so... Uh, I'm, the first you, couple you, of yards you're talking to the wrong person because I was never a massive Per Mertesacker fan to be honest apart from that one cup final game don't they say the first couple of yards are in your massively, head anyway so. massively no yeah. it's a fair criticism and it was one that was actually labelled at Pablo Mari before we signed him but I would say look at that game where he had Salah in his pocket I mean the evidence is there for all to they see they said everyone said um, Sagradis was or Socrates like, you got me at it now Socrates <laughs> for me everyone said he had no pace when we signed him but he mm. does I think my favourite highlight, not just of this Arsenal show, but of all the Arsenal shows, is now Dave trying to pronounce Socrates the right way. And <laughs> I don't I'm even doing, know why I'm bothering. It's almost like it six times a footballing Rosetta Stone. And I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. This is the content that I would pay for. Dave Seeger pronouncing football names. I would buy all discs, all volumes. Well, we are playing Man City on Wednesday and Brighton on the weekend. We're going to be looking at those games next. Love sports. You're listening to the Arsenal Fan Show on Love Sport Radio. If only you knew what we were saying. Uh, you're listening to me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with Gunners Tan, Chris Howard and Dave Seeger. Just very quickly, you can take the stress out of managing your van insurance with Churchill. Our comprehensive policies offer you the peace of mind. 24-hour accident recovery, £500 cover for loss or damaged audio equipment, plus guaranteed repair for five years. Visit the van page at churchill.com. There you go. Take the stress away, guys. Charlie, trust the dog. Trust the dog, (laughs) Churchill, delivering as they always do. And you can get in touch with us. Tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us 0208 7020 558. Well, I'm glad that you can uh, trust Churchill because I'm now about to chuck my broadcasting career down the drain by 10 to announce this name, uh, it's not Socrates, but it is uh, Sogradis. Yeah, Gulad from Norfolk. I think I could be pronouncing this very wrong. I'm trying. Yeah, Northolt. It's definitely Northolt. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Two Dave Seeger. Yeah. Well, we appreciate your your WhatsApps into the studio tonight, and uh, uh, no worries for the shout out. And 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 he is an Arsenal.
Arsenal fan, even though we sound out about Pablo Mari. But just believe in the journey in Arteta and in Pablo. We trust. It is City on Wednesday. <laughs> it is Brighton on the weekend. Let's talk about City first, though. We're not sure if we're in for a long night. We don't know of the lineup. But what are you making of it, Chris? I've got my tin hat on because I think we are going to get we're beaten. <laughs> we're doomed. We're doomed. Uh, I think he will. I do think he'll bring Bellerin in, but hearing that stuff from Ornstein, it's kind of taken me sideways a little bit because you just wonder whether they do they wrap him up in cotton wool or not. But if I was to pick the side, I would probably say, yeah, it's a Bellerin at right back. If he's going to go four-two-three-one, I think three at the back, like you said, Dave, might be. Uh, might be an interesting case, to be fair. But let's just assume he's going the four-two-three-one. Uh, Bellerin, Louise, Mari. Let's let's keep you happy. Yeah, Mari, come on. Uh, Very slow though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's got. He's still got to play soccer because Tierney's still not back. But I just wonder if we'll see him from the bench. Don't know. Um, Xhaka and Ceballos probably. Um, I. Well, I'm the same as you. I think he might play Nelson instead of. Um, I think he's going. No, I think he'll play. I think he'll he'll start the game the way he finished the other day. I think he'll play. I think he'll play. Um, Sogadadis. <laughs> Very good. Louise and Mari. I think he'll play Saka and Bellerin with Sabios and Shaka. And I think Ozil, Abamyang, Lacazette. What does that do for positioning? Because we've all the way seen... we finished last season under Emery. Yeah. <laughs> you think we've Abamyang seen... and Lacazette both start on Wednesday? I think Lacazette, Aubameyang will play with Ozil behind Lacazette in a in a in a three four two one formation. Okay, Dave. Sorry, Chris. Well, what I was going to say was we've all seen what he's been doing to try and release Saka further up the field. He's been dropping Xhaka in, but if you're playing three centre halves, does he even need to do that? And then so so what does that mean for Granite Xhaka in terms of his positioning? Does that actually free him up? Does get that get the best out of Xhaka because positionally he's not having to cover for somebody else? I wonder. Yeah, I don't. I'm not saying he's going to go to three four two one for the rest of the season. I just, just think he think might do it, at, you know, at the Etihad just to try and make us a bit stronger at the back. And obviously, it is the City game. Chris said it's not the greatest that it falls where it does in the schedule, but we are still in this top four race. Obviously, teams dropping points. Spurs are on quite a bad top run five, at the minute. I would say. Well, we don't know with City's European ban. Five top five could be enough. Well, what I'm saying is, I don't think we'll get. Top four. I think Chris, the best chance Chris is we've saying we're got. in the top five race. Yeah, that's what yeah. Oh, right. with you. yeah. What I mean is, yeah, we we're in with a chance of getting Champions League if the fifth spot is up for it. But I think fourth Chelsea are just a few too many points ahead of Chelsea us. Chelsea and Man United's results of the weekend were were a bit of a hammer blow, to be honest. And and well, Wolves and Sheffield. Well, Wolves drawing was good, but Sheffield United went and won, didn't they? So you know, we I think I think we've got to get twenty four out of thirty points to get fifth, <sighs> which includes that's Liverpool that's at home, it. Tottenham away. <laughs> Man City, Man City away, uh, Leicester at home. It's not easy, and I think United's Still got fixtures Wolves are quite favourable. Wolves away, Wolves away. Yeah, no, I, no yeah. absolutely. We've got to win eight games. I think. Yeah, that's when honestly, when you've said it like that, and, and it's a fair, valid statement, Dave. But twenty-four out of thirty sounds massive. Sounds yeah. not doable. But when, as we but now we're live and breathe, what, five, think, we're starting what five and three. If we don't, if we don't win at Man City. We're still, what, three points behind Man United and five points behind Chelsea? So we're two wins behind Chelsea. Eight points behind Chelsea. So we're three wins behind Chelsea already. So we need Chelsea to lose five if we don't win. I mean, you know, it's just not... We'd have to win eight, definitely, to have a chance. Of the... Not the fourth spot, the fifth spot as well? Fifth spot, yeah. I don't think fourth's possible. 
Oh, that's really taking the wind out of my sails. Even with Mary. Yeah, I'm going to have to go and watch more videos of him tonight because that's really absolutely yeah. deflating We me. don't want to know what you do in bed at night. <laughs> well, uh, far too early for this. Let's <laughs> talk about... I'm all flustered. Let's talk about Arteta because obviously he does return to his former club in Man City. He was obviously at Arsenal before. It is a big night for him. We know of the emotional pull and tie to Pep Guardiola. Apparently them two are in touch. How big of a night is this for him? I think it'll be nice for him to go back to see obviously all of his team. Yeah, I, I think, think he will. will. Get, yeah, I, I think, think he'll get yeah. a good reception. Um, I think what he'll be looking for is to show that even in a short period of time, he has been able to uh, make his mark and imprint on this Arsenal team. We've seen it. We talk about it, but. City fans won't particularly have been paying too much attention to us. They may have paid a little bit of attention because of Arteta, but I do think that they saw him as the natural successor to Pep. And so him wanting to leave for this opportunity, maybe a little bit earlier than they thought, I think they'll probably be look, keeping a very keen eye to be saying, well, look, how much of an impact has he made on this team? And therefore, you know, the what ifs, what, what sort of impact could he have made on this City team when Pep's time has naturally run its course? Even though Pep says... If they have a two-year European ban, he's definitely going to stay whatever oh, yeah, division they're re in. Reckon so. I, I don't believe that. Jimmy Reckon, I reckon that. You don't believe Pep will, will stay? No, he might stay if it's one year. I couldn't see him, I couldn't see him staying two years in, out of Europe. I don't believe he's going to stay either way. Interesting. I do think this may be his last season at City. But Maybe Arteta knew. Maybe Arteta had the inside track I, I believe on financial that, fair play and he thought, I'm out of here. I, I believe that he did know that Pep was going this summer and he wasn't going to get the top job, so he might as well have gone to Arsenal anyway. That's what I believe. You think wow. so? Mm. Exclusive. I, I also believe Maurizio as long Pochettino as he, will as be City manager at the start of next season. As long as he doesn't bring John Stones back with him, I'd say. Arteta. Not a fan of John Stones. I, 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 I'm reasonably... Reasonably a fan of him, but I don't Just, think he's anything better than we've got or we can buy. And also, but like, we are sure we <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I'm talking about. We need a few more. I'm talking about in the summer. I mean, you know, I don't. There's better out there for the money he'd cost. Yeah. For the money cost. All right, well, let's quickly get a, a prediction and how will it play out and scores, and then we can look at the Brighton game on the weekend. 4 0. 2 2. 2. <laughs> 4 0. Two. <laughs> this is an Arsenal show, Chris. No, can I just remind you? No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I think we. I, I do fancy we'll score because they they haven't looked great. Well, no, well you just said four 0 so you can't fancy it. I'm joking. Probably. It was a joke. It was a joke. Fernandinho is slow. If they I play think they'll him. beat us three one. There, I said it. Two, Sorry. Two. Appreciate you, Dave. All right, let's talk about the Brighton game. No, Chris, he has to be honest. We'll beat Brighton. Yeah, oh, no, that's fancy. Cheers. Appreciate I think that. we'll beat Brighton. Because actually, do you know what? Every time I've seen Brighton play us, I've thought they're not great. Even yeah, when Brighton they beat got us. That result. I know, they just even when they beat us, they, they weren't that great. And then um, last season, I think um, it was a draw, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Draw at home. And I think we drew or no, they beat lost. Us. They, they beat, beat us, us away. away. But every time I've watched them, I've thought, that's not a great yeah, team. Yeah, but this is not the same team as last year, to be fair. Yeah, it? but they beat us at the Emirates this year, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. But, yes. And they gave Potter a seven year contract, and he's won one game since. Mm. That was against us. <laughs> no, 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 no they haven't. No, no, since they gave him that long-term deal, they they didn't look. They haven't looked as good as they did the first few months of the season. Yeah, strange. They are that struggling. Extension. They are struggling. That's a massive contract to give someone. Yeah, mm. uh, they're on the slide. I, I believe that they're in trouble of actually going I, down themselves. I, this I think they will go down. Yeah, I I I would have to agree with them. That. Norwich and one other, I think. Yep. Ooh. I think so too. I think what's interesting as well. Here's a. You know, Arteta won't do this, but I'd be tempted to just do a little bit of rotation on Wednesday and, you know, throw the game and focus on Brighton. No, shut up. <laughs> 
throw the City game and concentrate yeah. on Brighton. Yeah. The bigger of the two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are we worried that obviously we're saying Brighton are on the slide obviously they did beat us at the Emirates then it would be typical Arsenal typical Brighton they get the result on the weekend um, yeah well, that, wouldn't that wouldn't that just be very Arsenal we, we somehow the double we get over a, us this year but no can you can you imagine this is a very Arsenal situation yeah Man City we go there and win 2-1 or something well do you remember then, we did it with yeah. Coughlin and Santu like yeah. the, the last two midfielders left fit of the club we go to the Etihad and win yeah, and then we play Brighton and lose. Mm. That would be the most Arsenal thing ever, wouldn't it? Let's be honest with you. Oh. That would be. It'd be like the Welbeck. We'll beat Leicester. We're going to win the title, and then we lose to Swansea and Man United. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lose to Swansea and Man United. All right, quick two Brighton predictions then. 2-1. Uh, 2-1. Two one. Uh, I'll go three one to the Arsenal. Yeah, who's who's was yours to? Oh, to the Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> to the Arsenal. <laughs> we need to check with Chris these days. You do. We? It is a worry, Dave. I'm glad we're <laughs> on the same page. Let's quickly talk about Torreira because we did speak about it a little bit, but we haven't obviously fully covered it. Who who um how much does this impact the team now? We know Sabas has obviously played for eight to ten weeks. A lot of the media saying season over season done. Arteta today in his conference saying it's not over. Torreira already wanting to play, and if the bone heals in two to three weeks, we could see him a lot earlier. Really? That's what he said. So today. the club, well, he's at odds with his own medical team, then, isn't he? Because haven't the the, the club said? Eight to ten weeks. So he, he's saying that if if the bone heals quicker, he, he could be training a little bit earlier. And like Dave said, quick healers. I mean, he needs to send him to whatever Harry Kane has because doesn't not, he go? Mm, yeah. Doesn't he sort of break his leg and come back three weeks later? But so. It's not potentially season over because when we get to the FA Cup final, that's on the twenty third. Well, so still, yeah. come on, do a Kim Kalstrom. Yeah, get a penalty or something. Get <laughs> scoring a penalty. You shoot out another legendary signing. Well, it's, it, it, I think it is slightly worrying because I, I don't know what's happened. Joe Willock is not the player he was in pre Christmas. No. He seems a bit devoid of confidence. Mm. He won't play Maitland-Niles. And Gwendozy is... He's just not there at the moment. Well, so, Gwendozy and Jacker doesn't work, does no. he? No. So yeah. he is he is literally going to have to play those two you know, for the rest of the season. Yeah. Really. Yeah. In, in all the big games. Yeah. Mm. We've had another WhatsApp. We're, we're getting uh, a lot tonight. This one's saying, we're so unfortunate uh, KDB and Sane are back and, and the City have just lost. They are going to bounce back, I feel. I'm just hoping we score a goal. Another positive gooner. <laughs> Welcome to the club, friend. <laughs> Welcome to the <laughs> it's club. It's a morose, bitter place. Oh, don't say that, Chris. That gets me down. Don't be down. Don't You've know. got Pablo Mari to cheer you I up. I have, I have. Can't wait for those videos later. Uh, <laughs> Why is there a baseball bat in the corner of the studio? I think it's for me, isn't it? Yeah, when Chris comes out with these for Mr. four nils, yeah, you know, sometimes I say just keep that close, <laughs> just keep it close, Chris Howard, who is still the best dressed man at Love Sport by a considerable distance. I can't even remember Torreira out. Yeah, completely took me off my f- flow. Yeah, Chris. sorry, two to three weeks seems a bit strange but hey, if that happened it'll be amazing because I do think there will be a need to mm. rotate but like you said Dave I can't see who rotates in at the moment because you can't do Xhaka and Gendozi because it doesn't seem to work Xhaka and Ceballos seems to be the only pairing well, that as, works as I said unless he goes for the David Luiz option mm. which yeah, I don't think is, is out of the question I don't either it just hasn't been done so well, just, only... but he was playing really well in that again in the Europa League game when he went off injured the one game when Lundberg played in there, he was actually looking quite accomplished. And we, crikey, he's played there for Brazil and for Chelsea. I mean, it's not like he can't do it. Yeah, not like he can't do it. Well, this has been the Arsenal Fan Show with Gunners Tan, Dave Seeger and Chris Howard. They will be back next Monday to talk about that City game and the game with Brighton on the weekend. And well, there will be a full house in the studio next week. The team are returning. That is the A-team for the A-team. And we will be back next Monday at 7 to 8 on Love Sport Radio. 
thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Thank you.